It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch, sitting on the porch here at Millburgers at 1604 and Bull Road. Kind of jelly, Milton. I know. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> but that's, the sky is no clouds in it, Milton. No, no clouds. Nice and sunny. Very pretty. It'll, it'll it's a little breezy. It's just cooler. Yeah, the breeze is what makes it cool, I guess. But it's... Uh, so we're 10 degrees off the high today. High day is 74, according to uh, uh, weather.gov. But, uh, Good. Yeah, but it needs to Supposed hurt. It's supposed to be pretty all week. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to give the uh, weather forecast. No, you don't. I don't? It's going to be pretty all week. Just pretty all week? Is that sure Clear all week. Well, no, Tuesday no. night, uh, we got a... Uh, low around 38. Don't, don't say it. Huh? Oh, low around 38. Oh, okay. And a twenty percent chance of shower. Oh dear! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Yeah, when we didn't get sixty, it's kind of hard to yeah get enthusiastic about twenty. <laughs> All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Toll free. It's eight six six three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Got lots of good calls yesterday. So tell us what's going on in your gardening world. We'll get Trace up on the porch pretty soon. He'll tell us what's coming in. Are you sure? I'm thinking. That's usually what he does. Now, uh, if you if we have highs in the low 70s and we don't have rain, yeah. uh, keep in mind that you got to keep those, because that's perfect weather for the cool weather annuals and the vegetables to be doing some serious growing. Oh, okay. If there's water yes, available. And nutrients. Remember, we have to keep, keep the... Uh, Vegetables, especially things like onions and spinach and chard, uh, all fertilized, and then uh, they'll do fulfill the maximum production that we expect. But uh, not if they're not if they dry out, and it's easy to dry out. Are we, are we going to say water the lawns if you hadn't had a rain in a month? I I don't. Yeah, I think I think that's reasonable for people that are. Uh, or uh, have spent, you know, irrigated all summer and uh, kept the lawn thick and without weeds, it's uh, be a shame to let it go because um, all it takes is, you know, just a good uh, soaking uh, once a month or once every three weeks to, to keep it in good shape. I like to make him say that, Kevin. Yeah. That takes a lot for Kevin to say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't water mine. <laughs> of course, mine is... Uh, Sustainable. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> lots of trees, poor soil, and uh, some of our favorite weeds. There you well, go. someone asked me yesterday, if if the lawn is dormant, why are we watering it? Well, because you dormant doesn't mean dead, does it? <laughs> no. So what does dormant mean? Is can it still uptake water and oh gosh, yeah, dormancy? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah the you got to keep the root. The roots usually don't. Uh, keep growing. They keep growing here. Our, oh. so, our soil doesn't freeze. Okay. 
like that does up north. That's good to know. And so know. That's, that, that's why we say you can plant turf grass almost all winter yeah. long. Well, and that's like the uh, that's why the purists, uh, scientific uh, people, uh, when they talk about dormancy, say this is not dormancy. Dormancy, yeah. dormancy oh. is a little is in fact you can let it go. Okay. But uh, how, how many lawns are dormant? Bermuda no. Bermuda grass lawns are. Well, St. Augustine's not. A lot of, yeah, of, of green. Yeah, or partially green because it, it really, unless we really get some cold weather, we don't we don't generally. Go dormant with San Augustine. Yeah, when we were in the severe, we realized we were in a drought. Uh, we were checking around and seeing about watering dormant or right uh, grass, and uh, we went there. We checked with El Paso because they they get they have that situation quite a bit, and. Uh, yeah, they even they say uh, uh, once a month, uh, uh, every three to four weeks, you need to water your. And they were talking Bermuda out there, the one of the most drought tolerant. Uh, even though it was brown, to uh, water, keep keep some put some water on it uh, every thirty days. Hey, we got Lonnie on the line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Hey, Lonnie, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Thank you much. Happy New Year. Happy um, New Year to you. I, 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 my question pertains to, uh, <laughs> I guess you'd say dormancy, but it has to do with uh, our perennials. Specifically, I'm calling about an, uh, an Esperanza, which... Uh, is, has, uh, the central leader, I guess you should say, extends eight feet. And we have not had sufficient freeze temperatures up here to, uh, to really, uh, cause the, the, the that main branch and the offshoots for that matter to, uh, to really, uh, go into dormancy. So, uh, should I go ahead, regardless of that, uh, go ahead and do severe pruning to get it down to you know the the usual four inches or so that a tree that <laughs> or a shrub of that kind has gone into dormancy. It's up to you. Yeah, it depends on whether you want a small tree or a, a shrub. Yeah, the advantage well, of one that's a, well, well, yeah, I don't know when it starts from scratch has some advantages in in appearance. But then, of course, it's pretty exciting if you got a, <laughs> a, a, a Esperanza that's put two years' growth on you. Know, you're talking yeah. 12, es- 14 feet. Esperanza, where it's uh, native, uh, south of here, uh, are small trees because they don't freeze down. Now, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of the perennials uh, that we've made Texas superstars. Uh, like the lantana, for we, Yeah, yeah. We recommend... That you cut them to the ground uh, every every spring, correct. But uh, and so to keep them, from, but a lot of people let them go into trees. Now I, I got a call from my uh, son-in-law the other day, and he says that uh, he, we had, he had a hard, they had a hard freeze out toward Birdie. And uh, he was concerned that there were sprouts coming up from the base of his Esperanza. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, he hadn't cut the top out yet. So I t- I told him to go ahead and uh, you know don't worry about that. Uh, if he wants to cut the top, you know, cut the tree by, back down to the sprouts, he can do that. But the sprouts, see, these are these are tropical or subtropical plants. A lot of these uh, deals are. And uh, uh, as soon as we have those warm days, it come, they come back. The root system comes back. Mm-hmm. So uh, you uh, don't have to worry about the sprouts or anything else. You can... If you want it to be a, a smaller shrub, you can uh, cut it back to the ground. Yeah, sometimes a lot of people will try it one year if you got the opportunity. Of course, we still have the potential of uh, more freezes. What? So your eight foot may not be eight <laughs> what foot. What is wrong with this? Jerry, did Jerry, I tell, didn't I tell him you don't want to go freezing? It's anymore? pretty obvious who, who bet on the free uh, no freezes coming back. <laughs> Uh, but so you could, you know, you could just see what happens, and nothing's lost if you if we get a freeze and you have to cut it back later. So. Yeah. Okay. The, the the little offshoots from the central leader, if you can call it that, uh, can they just be uh, pruned away completely? Yeah. Wait. Wait till uh, spring, till the freeze is over, uh-huh. uh, and. Uh, you you can prune them away if you if you go if you got the tree tree shape alive. If you don't, you just cut it down to to the ground, the, the tree, the trunk. Yes. But uh, yeah, well, you just leave leave those uh, statutes alone. And the bird okay. the birds will appreciate you leaving it as long as you can before you cut it back. Of course, we're. What is it? We're well, already in January. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess basically, if if I'm perfectly content with it to be eight feet tall and even taller, if it happens to grow that way, I, but I just wanted to know from a, so to speak, from a, a, a health standpoint for the tree, what should I do? Since we haven't had the freeze, and yeah. traditionally and, and ordinarily, I would have already uh, have have cut the uh, the roots and, and, yeah. and all that. Uh, to you know that four inches or so that uh, is normally stated. Yeah, you don't have, don't have to worry about health of the tree of Esperanza. Yeah, this is uh, that's one of the reasons why it's so desirable in the yeah. landscape because you got a lot of flexibility. So you let okay. uh, most most people let nature tr- uh, prune them down. I mean, uh, you know, if the top kills out, you got a dead stick sticking up there. Right, uh, and you cut it out. Uh, if you don't have a dead stick sticking up there, <laughs> in other words, if it starts sprouting out on the stems, mm-hmm. uh, you got a tree. You got a little tree. Okay. I've, seen, I've seen them uh, ten or twelve feet tall. Uh, there, there used to be a several trees over there uh, by the. I think it was Jack and Vox on. Uh, Broadway, and the real, down at by the botanical garden. Yeah, and there, I remember some too. And I, I think the the river walk. There's a few in the river. Yeah. Walk. Oh, yeah. 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 They protected. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck. Thanks. Good Thanks, question. Thanks, Thanks for calling Appreciate in. It. Thank sure. you, Lonnie. Bye. You take care. All right. That'll free up a line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. I got scolded yesterday. Oh dear. 
By who? Who scored? Dennis. Oh no. <laughs> Said during Saturday's yesterday's program, y'all were discussing the nineteen sixty two song Ramblin' Rose. Uh huh. By Nat King Cole. Right. Because the caller mentioned the Rose uh, the 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 double road we were talking about. I think she called it a rambling rose. The website I use called it habit climbing. A climbing rose. Okay. It's a little bit like Mandarin and Tangerine. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit disappointed in Jerry. Hmm. Me. Missing that song and not the real song. He found this on Wikipedia. Neither of those songs should be confused with rambling with a, a G at the end. Rose, a light pots, pop song from the 1940s. With music by Joe Burke and lyrics by Joseph McCarthy, recorded by a number of singers, most notably Paracoma. Okay. And uh, he said also Dean Martin was perhaps the only singer to make a recording of both Ramblin' without the G and Rambling Rose with the G. Huh. But by neither of those songs, I think they're referring to this. Uh, anyway, it goes and talks about uh, Nat King Cole's uh, song was released by Capitol Records. Uh, it reached number two on Billboard and Cashbox charts and sold over a million copies as a single. Maybe that's why I remember it. Well, we have to rely on Jerry if it's anything below, I mean, in the 40s, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's the only one that experienced that. <laughs> the, so- the song was nominated uh, for a Grammy Award in the category Record of the Year. Uh, so, anyway. Very uh, interesting. He, he talked about his mother. Says, uh, my mother, uh, uh, Dennis did, said, my mother watched Paracomo show every week. I think mine did, too. <laughs> I think we did. It. And we Laura, did. Lawrence Welk, too. Oh, yeah. But I don't, I don't remember this song. I didn't really listen because I thought his music was too boring. And all the songs sounded alike to me. Uh, so we need to. So, so, so uh, I guess we get, need to give Perry a, a slap on the back too. Okay. So, with, but I'm confused. Is Perry a G or no G? Oh, he had, but did both, didn't he? No, Dean no, Martin did both. Oh, the uh, the the, pro, the uh, Paris Como song. Yes. Has the G oh. rambling with the G? I'm, I'm sure Al will find that. <laughs> Jeff is on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey Jeff, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? I am well, and my mom watched Perry Como too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give us a call if your mother watched Perry Como at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. You go right to the front of the line. <laughs> my mother was yeah. a Lawrence Welk person. Oh dear, was there? A, yeah. And we well, used that to was raise <laughs> we used to raise hell about having to watch Lawrence Welk. Uh-huh. Well, I, you know, you I, can I, still I, watch. I, I have caught myself 
watching Law Oh, dear. <laughs> so watching the Lennon sisters grow yeah. up. You know. So what's going on, Jeff? <laughs> well, yeah, we've got our yard is surrounded by pittosporum on the backside, and it's way overgrown. And I was wondering how much, you know, and some of it's, you know, 10 to 15 feet tall. Oh, so okay, standard how- pits. Yeah, so I'm wondering you- how much I can cut it back, if any. Are you in deer country? No, we live in Windcrest. Okay. How uh, how old are the plants? Uh, they're fifteen they, feet tall. They're pretty old. Yeah, they they were there before we even got there, and you know, one of the neighbors said they planted when they first built the house. So they've been there, you know, thirty years or better, probably. And makes them less flexible. As the uh, uh, how how thick is the uh, crown? I mean, do you you, the you, bush. you yeah you have to be careful not to cut off all the foliage, and that's always yeah. a problem. They they get uh, when uh-huh. they're that old, they they have a really nice crown, usually tight, but it's uh, thin. Yeah, you yeah. want to bring it yeah. down? Is that what you want to do? Well, yeah, I was hoping to bring it down over the power lines that are. It's within a, oh, a couple of feet okay. of power lines, but I don't want to kill it either. Um, no. Well, you, I think it, if if people want to, if you want to cut it back, uh, I would remove. You could remove a third of it, and okay. without cut, without hurting the plant. Or if you're willing to gamble, you can move. You can uh, remove more of it than that. I've seen people just cut. The size they want it, yeah, and see if it survives. Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of them so don't, especially that old, and there's no foliage there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that'd be the best. It seems like you could, you could do the job if you could uh, take it down by that one third every every year for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I would make selective cuts. I don't think I would just shear it to the height that you want shear it. One third yeah. off, I would uh, make selective cuts. Uh, follow branches down and and leave leave uh, some foliage, like Kevin was saying earlier. And then if yeah, uh-huh. if you do it right, it should uh, you should get a little fill up in there too. You yeah, know? you leave enough of the foliage there, and then you'll get some more foliage will bud on those uh, branches that are left there. So okay. yeah. Th- we we kind of I think we underestimate or we don't utilize pittosporum as much as we I guess we got tired of it or something. Well, it froze. <laughs> the big uh, ones, the, the dwarfs. Oh yeah, the dwarfs. We don't. I don't have much and, use for them. And the they were they were used like uh, dwarf yopon and Burford holly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, but when the freezes, the hard freezes came, it took them. Took uh, took all the dwarfs. Yeah, the little one, but the. Mind ours no, it didn't hurt the big ones. We we have quite a few in our neighborhood, but I guess in some neighborhoods the deer do eat at them. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, Jerry and I when we were researching that, um, we went out to look at them in my neighborhood, and they didn't seem to be bothered a bit. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Well, I'll, I will make an attempt to trim them down yeah. by about. A third, then. About a third. You'll Sounds be okay. Good. 
Thanks, okay. thanks for calling. Yeah, good question. All right, we're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867. I'm Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. We're live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bull Road. And we'll be back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. I want to tell you what's going on at Millburgers right now. There's two great things that are happening this month that you need to know about. One is Millburgers Christmas Tree Recycling Program. They do this every year, and it's a way for you to help the environment to go green and to save a little money, too. So take that Christmas tree that you were ready to take down. Take all the ornaments off of it. Take everything off, including the wires, and bring it back to Millburgers. Even if you didn't buy it at Millburgers, Millburgers will recycle it so you'll be able to go green and Millburgers will also give you a 20% off coupon to be used on one purchase between now and February 29th. For more information, go to MillburgerNursery.com, MillburgerNursery.com. And at MillburgerNursery.com, you'll learn more about the upcoming Fruit Tree Basics Seminar that David Rodriguez will be putting on. It's going to be teaching you everything you need to know about fruit trees on January 11th from 10 to 11.30 at Millburgers Landscape Nursery. 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Everyone knows she's a rambling rose. She's a beauty growing wild. Birds in their nests seem to whistle their best for Mother Nature's favorite child. She's got the kind of affection that just winds around your heart. You better run for protection or she might upset your flower cot. I hate to disclose that my rambling rose is gonna meet her Waterloo. I let her play, but she can't get away, cause I know just what to do. And welcome back to Melbourne's Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. There you go, Dennis. Is that the song you remember? That's an old one. That's yeah. Not, it's not Perry, though. No. That's, yeah, I think that's Perry. I don't no, think No, that's not Perry. Is it? I think it is. Or we'll have to check. Must have been a young pair. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that was the that was the key. Alrighty, who's there? Is Al there? What's that? Who's at the Al? The, yeah, so I will have let to us check. know, Al, if that was we we have a debate whether that's Perry Como or not. <laughs> All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Take a second to talk to you about Spider Man, Termite, and Pest Control. Uh, the uh, folks over there, we talked to Warren yesterday, and uh, the, the thing that I want to bring out about Warren's conversation with, first off, Warren's a, a fan of the show, listens to it, uh, but uh, Warren is on top of uh, what's happening and how to take care of it. He was talking about scale yesterday, and he was talking about Calvin's article and how prevalent it was, but it doesn't no matter whether it's something on your trees, like they do ball moss, if you want to have it removed. Um, but they do uh, insects in your home that you don't want anymore. 
Uh, <laughs> so maybe, maybe for a while you enjoyed having the roaches over. I did. I know. I still do. I know you do. But maybe there are other our listeners. My population different. is really thinned <laughs> out lately. Yeah, maybe it's the cold weather. I don't know. You shouldn't maybe have invited is. Warren over for Christmas. <laughs> uh, but uh, or fleas or ticks or whatever it is that's bothering you. Uh, rodents, uh, Warren, Remy, and Spider-Man Pest Control can be the last pest control company you get because they're very, very thorough in what they do. They look at your home holistically to see not only what's bugging you, how to get rid of it, but also how to keep it out of your house. So if you're looking for a different kind of pest control that's really going to not only treat the problem but take care of it as long as you can, uh, Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721 or online, GoSpiderManPest.com, GoSpiderManPest.com. Okay, uh, Al is confirming that was Perry Como. Really? Yeah. Oh. There you go. Dennis, do you want to drop us an email and tell us whether that was Perry Como or not? <laughs> that was a young pair. Yes. I don't know when the song was from. <laughs> I got, uh, Kevin gave me this uh Wonderful write-up on uh, Paul Cox uh, got the Lynn Lowry Award. I didn't realize he had gotten that. I guess I guess that's already been presented. Yeah, I did, I, I surprised me too that I didn't he see a heard date. Anything, I yeah. didn't see the date, but uh, uh, that that was a very appropriate award because uh, uh, Paul really loved Lynn Lowry. And Lynn Lowry loved Paul. Uh, they they used, they kind of spoke the same language. Lynn Lowry was. Uh, Did anybody else understand it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when I would tell Lynn Lynn Lowry, I'd get him off to the side, and he'd be showing me some lovely native plant, and I said, hey, "Lynn, that's ugly." And he he would go on over to Paul Cox, and they would they would commune together. And uh, but uh, I I love the uh, artwork that they put put on this uh, nomination or award. It's got uh, Paul in several several different uh, situations, and uh, got a, a lot of, several pictures of his. Uh, Bubba Desert Willer hmm. that uh, that he found and named and whatever. So uh, we appreciate. I never would have guessed it. Pre- he named it. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. We appreciate Michelle uh, sending that, his yeah. wife sending that to us. I, I couldn't help but laugh at uh, Paul standing on the very top of a of a letter ladder. Getting, collecting uh, cuttings from a tree on the side of a cliff, and uh, of course you're never supposed to stand on the top <laughs> top uh, deal. But I, I think that was when Paul was younger. But anyway, uh, that's a great, great, uh, great award for Paul Cox and his family, and uh, he certainly deserved the Lynn Lowry Award. Out of Houston, I guess. I guess they do that out of Houston. But anyway, thanks for sending that to us. Um, the uh, Calvin had some some weird pictures in his 
in his with his column yesterday, Milton. I didn't recognize this. What what is this on the on 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 the grass right here? Looks looks like leaves. To me. Looks like leaves. Oh, okay. My, my yard never looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's a miracle. <laughs> I think the neighbors are coming over getting my leaves. I really do. But uh, Calvin makes the point uh, that uh, there are several environmentally appropriate strategies. I, I think my strategy is environmental. <laughs> you let the environment just move it on. Yeah, the let the environment move it out. Uh, is that the deal, same as an act of God? Or? <laughs> yeah. To deal with the leaves from oaks, sycamores, pecans, hackberries, and other deciduous trees. They're too valuable to rake and send to the landfill. What's the value of a leaf? Organic material. Okay. And, and nutrients, right? Some nutrients, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you, uh, the net... Yeah, you know, if you if you utilize or you're able to le- utilize the leaves, your your net nutrient situation is pretty well clo- pretty stable because that's yeah. where where a lot of the nutrients are lost. Yeah, they the le- the trees take up the nutrients to make the leaves, put in the leaves, and then the the leaves fall, and you can shred them back and put a few a few of the nutrients back into. Yeah, the you got to be careful not to overstate. You know, you, you, it isn't, uh, if you're uh, you doing a uh, vegetable garden or a high production. Yeah, yeah, you got to uh, have supplemental. Yeah, but uh, a stapler like our sustainable winter lawn or, yeah. or uh, a, nat- a native plant uh, situation, they they would get plenty of nutrients in, in organic material from the leaves. Yeah. Most people add uh, nitrogen to their compost to, to decompose the leaves. Get them fast. fast. And so that's uh, giving some supplemental uh, nitrogen to it. So uh, I mentioned, uh, we ended the program yesterday talking about, uh, we were going to talk about the uh, crepe murder. Oh, yeah. Crepe murder. Yeah. Hey, before we do that, let's a couple of weeks ago, Jerry, we were, uh, I think it was uh, Neil Sperry w- stated that uh, uh, sycamores yeah. were, were a, I the started, slowest. My neighbor's got a sycamore tree. I started to bring you some leaves. <laughs> Are they? Is that uh, your experience? No. Confirm no. that? Yeah. I don't, so uh, anybody out there that uh, has had an experience with uh, sycamore leaves, what Jerry and I are disputing is uh, we do don't think in our experience that sycamores are long uh they that don't sit on the lawn longer yeah, long longer lasting. than any of the other uh leaves now pecans are very fast they decompose texas red a red oak is a little slower than the, yeah. some of them i always think of live oak being slower oh yeah live oak is but that's in the spring but uh <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, uh, you know, we gathered them up for years and, and put them in the garden, and you have to keep an s- extra supply around by back of the house because those leaves that you put in the garden are going to be gone. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're special. They, they do make a nice path and everything. But in terms of the deciduous trees in the fall, 
anybody wants to comment comment on that, I appreciate it. Just to let let us know whether they think they take longer to decompose or there's the same as oaks or uh, or shorter times. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead with yeah, your uh, well. <laughs> Uh, uh, Neil talked about he's still taking the mistletoe out of the tree, and I'm looking for a way to spread mistletoe in the tree, <laughs> so it'll be an evergreen. A deciduous tree will be evergreen. And uh, Neil said that he 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 admits that mistletoe doesn't kill the tree; it's a saplify, uh, it's a parasite. On the tree. In other words, it takes some nutrients from the tree. Yeah, a low stress. Yeah, situation. Uh, Benny, but I, I just have never seen one killed by this. Most parasites don't kill the host. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be so much they future. Would die. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you, I was looking at uh, foods, uh, food plants for for birds. And uh, mistletoe is a pretty important food plant. Is it really? Yeah. The berries? Of, yeah, the berries are uh, are eaten by uh, quite a few uh, quite a few birds. Yeah, the berries are white, right? Yeah, sticky. Yeah, and that's how uh, that's one, how how they get uh, spread. Is the birds eat them and then uh, excrete <laughs> remnant the seeds? Right on. They the poop on the limbs, Milton. Yep. I translate that to you. Thank you. <laughs> I but, saw uh, when we went to the Honey Creek. <laughs> I saw cactus growing in oak trees. I imagine they yeah, were similar. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've seen that too. Yeah, that is kind of cool. <laughs> but I, I sort of figured that was a similar function to the mistletoe that it got seeded by. Yeah, usually when you see a cactus growing way up in a tree, it's uh, in a hollow. Place, okay. You know, hollowed out place, and it uh, uh, it it just, it has it has gathered some uh, organic material in that hollowed out place, and so the cactus can take root in that, and that's why it grows in the tree. But it's not uh, it's not a parasite to the tree. No, no, no. I didn't. In the tropical areas, you got. Lots of species that uh, take advantage. Yeah, of the or- uh, orchids. Yeah, and uh, Christmas cactus. And, yeah, <laughs> and well, some of some of them uh, require some kind of a uh, rooting material there, but some of them just seem to be hanging on the bare wood. Yeah, so. I never forget when I went to Panama and uh, we took a uh, we we were taking a boat trip down the. Down the river there, and uh, we came upon a tree loaded with orchids. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> it didn't have leaves; it had orchids. And That's I, 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 was, cool. I was telling the guy, I said, "You know what those things would be worth in <laughs> in Texas?" But uh, that I, I I think an orchid is like a ball moss. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a sap, it's a saplified, right? Uh, it's just hanging uh, hanging on the tree for yeah. support, but it's not a parasite uh, like uh, mistletoe. Is. Yeah, but uh, epiphyte. Yeah, yeah. 
So they're walking out with the citrus. Yeah, how about that? They're on sale, twenty percent off. Yeah. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Let's take a break while we got a chance, and encourage you to give us a call at two one zero three zero eight. 8867 toll free it's 866-308-8867 more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery 1604 on Boulevard Road Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons Dr. Calvin Finch and we're back after this on 930 AM The Answer It's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. I want to tell you what's going on at Millburgers right now. There's two great things that are happening this month that you need to know about. One is Millburgers Christmas Tree Recycling Program. They do this every year, and it's a way for you to help the environment to go green and to save a little money, too. So take that Christmas tree that you were ready to take down. Take all the ornaments off of it. Take everything off, including the wires, and bring it back to Millburgers. Even if you didn't buy it at Millburgers, Millburgers will recycle it so you'll be able to go green. And Millburgers will also give you a 20% off coupon to be used on one purchase between now and February 29th. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com, millburgernursery.com. And at millburgernursery.com, you'll learn more about the upcoming Fruit Tree Basics Seminar that David Rodriguez will be putting on. It's going to be teaching you everything you need to know about fruit trees on January 11th from 10 to 1130 at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. The lovely Leonard sisters offer year-end wish to you folks and their many, many personal friends. The girls sing, May You Always. I recognize Will Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you recognize the Lennon sisters? They, they read later on in their show. They had a uh, the Lennon sisters' children. Oh my gosh! Uh, on the show. How long did you watch this show? Every show. <laughs> okay. And some uh, re- if they had reruns. Well, we were watching that too. Well, you, uh, is it fri- Friday night or? Yeah, I Friday think night. It was. Every Friday night, yeah. there's reruns. So. Uh, Did you have to watch it too with your mother? <laughs> well, with my, my grandparents, I remember oh, watching okay. it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, if I, you know, my grandfather was big into gardening and fishing and everything, so we'd go. My cousins and I would go there on Friday night, <laughs> and you'd watch Lawrence. There Lott, you go. And then go fishing early in the morning. And he's uh, he's on Channel Nine now. Yeah, yeah right. KLRN. Yeah, the reruns. All right, 210-308-8867. Nice job there, Al. 210-308-8867. I didn't know if Lawrence would be in the archives or not. No, Al knows where to find it. I mean, the, he created the archives, probably. <laughs> uh, 
I'm getting ready to redo the, uh, take my Christmas stuff off of uh, plantanswers.com. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the front, you, you know, we have poinsettias uh, on the front page, half for a while. And, uh, and so we're going to take those off and uh, put something else on that's pretty, if we can come up with something. Uh, then uh, uh, we'll take uh, topics of the month. We'll take off uh, proper watering and care of poinsettia plants. That, that if if you haven't figured that out by now, well, your you poinsettia is dead <laughs> or lost all its leaves anyway. Well, I'm sure there's lots of at dentist's office and. Uh, other places that uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. have passed on Big time. <laughs> and uh, all the Christmas recipes and Thanksgiving recipes. And uh, we'll leave, we'll put Billy's, Billy McKenzie's pecan fudge pie recipe amongst the recipes. Section. Okay, it'll be moved into its... Yeah, per permanent location. Good. And uh, we'll take out the take off the pecan history, uh, which has the recipes and storage of pecans. I think uh, uh, people have got about, got the pecans already, and we enjoyed them during Christmas. Uh, my my granddaughter made me some uh, some sand tar, what we call sand tarts in uh, Tennessee. Uh, they call uh, a lot of people call them wedding cookies. That's, uh, that's that. better than sand tarts. Uh, <laughs> well, they're crunchy. Yeah, and uh, she made me some with with the pecans, like and, sandpaper uh, crunchy. Huh? Yeah, and they're uh, they're tasty. Every every time I eat one, I think of my old mama who used to make those for us. Oh, good. He would make uh, me me a can. And my brother, a can. Oh, okay. A can of can. And those of you who know Santars or or wedding cookies know they're covered with powdered sugar. Yeah. And uh, my brother was type 1 diabetes, the worst kind. So to to help him along, I would eat his Mm -hmm. first and save my can. Oh, you're swell. I know. What I a know. good brother you are. <laughs> but anyway. That's uh, not what his brother said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, mother used to get a cake, cake made by a lady there in town in Tennessee. And uh, we would eat it. My family would eat it before Lynn's family got there. So she started having them make two cakes, one for Lynn and one for my family. Oh, okay. We would still eat lids. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll probably repl- I'm thinking about replacing the the front page with some uh, pruning tips because uh, people are going to start pruning pretty quickly, and uh, if you got grapes or uh, I think wisteria fits into that group. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Into the grape group. Get your chainsaw stuff. You you got to remove 80 to 
of the cane growth on grapes. Very few people do that. The first, I remember the first time I pruned a grape, I thought I'd killed it. Mm. You know, I was following instructions. But uh, to get to get a good good grapes, you need to do that. Well, pe- peaches can, are not quite that drastic, but no, you uh-uh. be pretty severe on peaches too. Yeah, peach and plum trees establish a strong scaffold branching 24 to 30 inches from the ground. Remove all strongly vertical shoots each winter. Uh, so I, I, I'm pretty sure we may even have videos that uh, Julian Sauls and uh, Dr. Larry Stein made. And uh, so I, 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 I put a link to those. Yeah, it makes it much easier if you can see a diagram. Yeah. And, well, the good news is that uh, you can uh, make some errors on peaches. There's a lot of decisions to be made, and it doesn't matter if you're perfect because they grow they grow back pretty fast. Oh, yeah. good. Now, apple trees, that's a little bit, you mess them yeah. up. It, it yeah. takes them a little while to, to repair themselves. Uh, yeah, we used to prune a lot of apples in uh, Kansas when I was up there. But uh, it's a you prune an apple to a central leader, in other words, uh, a modified leader, central leader. And uh, but we don't we don't have a lot of apples around here. They don't. Eat, <laughs> yeah, they don't last long enough to require a lot of pruning. Yeah, I don't think. Remember, uh, we'll be getting. Uh, our fruit trees in pretty soon. Mm-hmm. February, I guess. Right. I no, I think next month. Now. Yeah, I think we have some now, and I think they start arriving next month. Yeah, I saw. I saw somebody walking out with one just a minute ago. He said ago. that um, when David does his presentation on the eleventh, that they'll have a lot of them in. Okay. He'll good. come up here and tell us. He's he's listening now. I can see him. <laughs> yeah. He Other, may. Otherwise, he's leaving it to our discretion, which right? he may not want to do. Yeah. He'll mention apples. Uh, there's. He'll have a couple of recommendations. Do you have any apple trees in your last? I haven't had any apples that have lasted. I've tried it like three times. Yeah. What the, the cotton root rot get them or they uh, just some some root rot out. some root rot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Generally, got it, but it doesn't appear to be cotton root rot. But it, they they are sensitive to. Oh yeah. I used to have a uh, Molly Delicious in my in my backyard. Uh, That's when I lived in Leon Valley, and uh, they got fairly big. Did they? Yeah, you uh, and and uh, bigger had had a lot of apples on. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's uh, uh, that's about the time that uh, Anna and Einshimmer, uh was coming on the, was coming on the market uh-huh. for Israeli apples. And, uh, Dorset Golden. Yeah. The Golden Delicious. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, th- that's, uh, you planted uh, Anna, if you planted Anna, which was supposed to be as red an apple as we can grow, uh, you planted Anshimmer. Uh, uh, which is a, another Israeli variety to pollinate. That's that way it was done in Israel. Except there was. But a, we realized in Texas they don't bloom together. There's really. a bit of a gap. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh no! Okay. What was it? A month or two months? Yeah. 
And so Dr. Shreve, Laura Shreve, uh, figured out that uh, Molly Delicious, uh, yeah, Molly Delicious would pollinate uh, uh, the red one. And I think it was better. Yeah, Anna. I think Molly's was better than... Oh, yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. It was. was Definitely better than in China. Yeah. The Israeli apples are sort of uh, mealy or crunchy. Uh, like I said, I, I grew up in Kansas. I, I didn't grow up in Kansas. I went to school in Kansas where they had really good apples. I mean, the crunchy, delicious apples and uh, good for pies and things like that. And then when you eat some of these uh, fakes they have down here, uh, it, it didn't make the grade. But now they're coming on the market, and the Midworker sells some of those that are... Uh, uh, that are recommended for this low chill area here that we have, and uh, they're pretty crunchy, pretty good, pretty good eating apple. Uh, Still no great red color, but no, no, no. But uh, <laughs> tastes good. Just shut your eyes and enjoy the yeah. taste. <laughs> and and it's the earliest apple produced in the United States hmm. with the ones we produce down here, which are not very many. Oh, because uh, they also played that game with peaches. Uh, you know, peaches used to be, la- uh, yeah. it was sold to the to the market as uh, those early peaches, the spring gold. And- Tell me about it. Uh- <laughs> spring gold and June gold. Yeah, it would be twenty. Be, be hit the market before any of the other peaches in the mm. war in the world would hit. It worked for one year. <laughs> then, then all the peaches from Chile came and started coming. There you oh. go. <laughs> Those Chileans. But anyway, uh, while you're pruning, yes. for goodness sakes, don't prune your crepe mark. All right. Now we only have about three minutes. You want to wait till the top of the hour and do that? Yeah, because uh, Neil, Neil Sperry writes... <laughs> Do not top, top crepe myrtles for any reason. Any reason. Any reason. Any reason. It is a barbaric act Yeah. that has no purpose. And then he goes into narration about it. All right, so we'll talk about that after the break. Uh, okay. Again, we could have caught up the news. Uh, How we, about the event that you want? Do you want to talk about the event that's coming up real quick in the next two minutes? Did no. you have one you talked about? No? Okay. <laughs> well, Texas I'll, Fruits. I'll yeah. just ramble, and I'll be a rambling milt. Rambling milt. There you uh, go. All right. 210-308-8867. All right. While well, you do that, I'll give the phone number out. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. Okay. January 24th, All right. Friday, 2020, at the San Antonio Botanical Garden. 830. Edu- educational room. 555 Funkston Place in San Antonio, Texas. It begin, it, The program starts. It begins at 830 a.m., and last to five, five, ten minutes after five. I, I, why didn't they round it off to five? Uh, the check-in is 7.45 to 8.30. And the cost of uh, 
of this Earthkind Fruit Tree Seminar is $50 per person. That includes light breakfast. For $50, I'm going to eat more than a light breakfast. <laughs> I may eat a light breakfast two or three times. <laughs> still be light. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lunch and snacks. Okay. So, uh, and it's going to be talking about peaches, blackberries, citrus, grapes, and more. Selecting, planting, and maintenance, and common insects and diseases and control. And so you would need to register now at the AgriLife uh, AgriLife uh, web, uh, Extension AgriLife website uh, location at the Bear County Extension office. Okay. And there and all, the, all kinds of credits. Yeah. Yeah. Pesticide license, Just, master gardener, uh, whatever organization you belong to, um, landscapers. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. 210-308-8867. Mark's up here on the porch with us. We're going to talk to James a second, but Mark, if you want to be a part of it, you can. 210-308-8867. It's on pruning, so you would... Uh, you might want to be a part of it. All right, James. Yes. Uh, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. James, what's going on? Hey, uh, Jerry, Dr. Parsons was talking about pruning your finger. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I didn't prune it off, but I cut it pretty good. So what I did, I went down to the Ace Mart and bought me a, a left-hand glove that the uh, the meat cutters use, you know, the butchers. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Other people might. <laughs> okay, it's a glove that meat cutters use so they won't cut themselves. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. And A Smart's got them. They're uh, six, eight dollars. And uh, okay. I do a lot of uh, cilantro harvesting, so I put that glove on, and uh, I don't cut myself when I'm down there uh, uh, whacking that cilantro. Cool. <laughs> right. Thanks for the tip, James. <laughs> you take yeah, care. How fun. many fi- how, how many fingers did you chop off? No, I didn't. I didn't chop a finger off, but I cut myself with the pruning shears, and oh, I said, that's, yeah. it, that's all. Oh. So I went. Yeah, I've uh, done that too. Well, then I went down to A Smart and got that glove, and we haven't had any problems since. Great, that's well, good that tip. Is, uh, yeah, that's a good idea because it's amazing if you get do that over and over and over. How yeah, you can kind of forget. Yeah, yes, even so-called experts. Uh, cut their hands up. I wish you could see all the scars on my hands. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thanks, James. Yeah, Good you're one. welcome. Ace Mars got him. Bye. <coughs> Take care. All right, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Do you want to, where do you want to start? No, 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 he's going to let me do it first. <laughs> so, oh so y'all talked about, oh, I, 
I told Melton uh, my one of my New Year's resolution was I would be nice to Neil. Um, it lasted four days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why Neil won't come on the show. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you already talked about it yesterday, but uh, you also forgot. You talked about Yopon as a fast-growing screen, and I said, "Whoa, well, Texas Mountain Laurel in the right locations is a fast-growing screen if you give it enough care." Uh, and then there's also a Mexican silk tassel and evergreen sumac are both native, or all native uh, screens on that. But my main complaint was oh, okay. he, had, <laughs> he had said uh, ligustrum, uh, no Japanese ligustrum, but he does mention wax leaf ligustrum. Uh, so I was going to point out earlier that he had said no ligustrum, and then at the end it says water all the ligustrums and mm. hollies by hand. <laughs> oh, okay. So anyway. That's not bad. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's the uh, Japanese ligustrum, the only one that uh, is invasive? It's, it's the only one that I have seen um, that is really invasive. Occasionally, the wax, uh, the wax leaf is, and the uh, further east, the Chinese privet, okay. that variegated one. What are you looking Cause at? I, oh, I was looking because uh, in my neighborhood, we've got some, some of the... Uh, much bigger than that. Uh, oh yeah, no, I was just. Uh, I mean, the ligustrum get it much bigger. Yeah. Than that. So I was uh, earlier this morning. I was. I saw an article in the newspaper about some work being done in the uh, Headwaters Sanctuary. Hmm. So I was walking down there and looking at stuff. Oh yes, the Japanese ligustrum can get quite quite big. Yeah, yeah, yeah larger than the crepe myrtles. I always. Uh, I kind of. Hedge, I, I like it because the cedar waxwings and other birds like the, the berries so much. But, boy, it doesn't take long for them to take over your. No, if landscape. you've ever seen an area that is predominant, predominated by Japanese ligustrum, you'd be horrified. There is absolutely nothing, underneath. No, no vegetation whatsoever. Hmm. They are, uh, and those. Uh, Cedar waxwings that take advantage of those ligustrum berries, they are some of the best poop shots of the whole place. <laughs> I mean, they, they go in mass uh, over your car and uh, yeah. let it low. Or, and they go in mass to your, uh, if you've got bird baths, too. Yeah. It's, it's exciting yeah. to watch uh, a big flock like that. Mark, did you know Paul Cox got the limb? No, uh, I was going to mention that is, yes, thank you. I didn't know that. So uh, that yeah. was, uh, look I, at, and I was going to come by and see the artwork. Look at, look at the great pictures that they've photoshopped sure. together. Radio show. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. This is good radio, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I'm looking at they, it. They got, uh, they, they got one of Paul Cox looking, yeah. at, looking at his book. Yeah. He's looking for pictures in there. There's no pictures in the book. It's, draw, it's uh, line drawings. There's no photos in that book. What are you talking about? But I do like Lynn, and I do like they. They were very compatible. Oh yeah, and, uh, they were. very similar tastes and <laughs> similar tastes. And, <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, uh, soft spoken, both soft spoken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and, yeah, I loved them both. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very nice that they that he got that award. Anyway, 
Okay. Uh, just, uh, cool. Uh, I'm glad you came. I was going to no, mention uh, David's. I promised I'd mention David's uh, program. And you already did it. You already mentioned it on the okay. radio. So it was, it was good. The, and did you want to be here when Jerry talks about crepe murder? <laughs> Again, I promise to be good. Oh, okay. That is one of my things. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> well, we, oh, uh, we don't oh, want to so, tempt you into breaking so, your resolution. No, the, 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 what was it, Lynn used? Barbarity? Barbaric? Bar- barbaric. Barbaric, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He, he got that from me. Uh, <laughs> I've also said it's an anathema. Oh, uh, it's it <laughs> <laughs> And uh, she'll be, you know, they'll see their justice in the next world. Wow, oh, uh, man. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, yeah, there's, there's yeah. No, no good reason to do it. Okay. <laughs> But I better behave. Okay. But they are Thanks done. for dropping it is, I mean, the people see them done that way, and I'm sure that they oh, go, yeah. okay, no, 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 I'll no, just no, do no. this. There, there, well, that's, that's the reason. Yeah, well, they plus, see but it's not time. good. It's plus, not, the, tree, like, the tree responds and is attractive and, and performs uh, the way they expect it. So have you ever seen trunks of trees painted white? Um, maybe a long time ago. Well, there you go. So okay. it was done a long time ago. What was the reason? Well, there was no good reason. It was just... <laughs> they just painted the trunks white. Yeah, they used to do that in Tennessee all the time. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, every park. What, that, had, what, what, did they, what did they believe was the reason? I don't know. No one can say. We just did, we've always done it this way. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I think the reason was look it up. Uh, reducing the heat on the trunk, oh. especially for thin bark trees. I also heard one where they could see termites crawling up or ants crawling up. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Well, here we go. First thing comes up. Why were tree trunks painted white? <laughs> Time-honored method yeah. of young tree protection, often found in orchards and tree farms. There are several purposes, but chief among them is preventing cracks and splitting of the tender new bark, which can allow introduction of disease Insects and fungus. Yeah. In, in gardeningknowhow.com. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I believe you. Uh, I'll trust you. Like Neil uh, lists some of the reasons, the excuses that he's heard on pruning the crape myrtle. And the last one he recommends uh, our, our list that says, and the people say everybody does it. Yeah, like you were talking about. Seeing the shopping center. Yeah, that's. I mean, you see it. It's they've are, they've already started at Foolishness. Right? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. My my neighborhood. Uh, there's two home, two homes that have really nice landscapes and really nice uh, crepe room. And they're and they're wonderful people and everything. <laughs> uh, they, you know, when I chat with them uh, about that, they, wow. they sh- how would that work for you? Shake the, they don't, just, don't, uh, don't worry, they'll see the justice in the next world. Smile and do the same thing. No. About, about like when Calvin was going around telling everybody that watering before the cold weather didn't do any good. Tell, telling oh, not, 80. Not to do it. Not, yeah. And telling, or, or do it well in advance. It, tell doesn't, it, it doesn't do any good the day yeah. before, or the night before. So. T- and that's what Calvin was trying to tell these 80 year old gardeners uh, that were out watering their, uh, their trees. 
You know, that's most of your staff. That's most of your helpers. You better watch it. <laughs> but anyway. I could just hear Mother Peterson say, just because everybody else does it, does it that doesn't mean I want you to do it or it should be done. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm not going to do it. But anyway, okay, so what else does Neil say? <laughs> hey, uh, some of the excuses that he's been given, uh, my plant was getting too tall. That's a combo. Uh, and Neil said, then you planted the wrong variety. With more than 125 varieties on the market today, and with their mature heights ranging from 2 to 32 feet at maturity, there's a crepe myrtle of every size for every space. Yeah, he, he learned this from me. <laughs> he, he learned if, all that from me. If you have a plant that's too large, either move it or remove it. Move it or remove it. Did yeah, he, re- he learned that from me. The alliteration. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Replace it with something more appropriate. And he he goes into talking about how to how to remove or uh, how to uh, move it after you prune it after you do the slaughtering uh, mm-hmm. or the massacres of it oh. uh, to to refurbish the thing to salvage yourself yeah uh, cut them to the ground oh my gosh yeah. So maybe we ought to carry chainsaws in our in our in our uh, car and uh, everywhere they've the yeah. landscapers have pruned uh, pruned the uh, crepe myrtle wrong. We just go out there and cut them to the ground. Probably try- not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to to understand how this relates uh, to the the uh, politics of the of the day, which which are the. Uh, are the white supremacists the guys that are cutting the the crepe myrtles? Or are they the ones protecting the crepe myrtles? That although you <laughs> you went too far out on a limb on that, I have no idea where you're going with that. Uh, I'm gonna All get right. some coffee. After now that. you know you know who used to promote that. Which who, one? who started that uh, cutting black crepe myrtles? No, I don't know. Texas A&M Extension. Oh wow. Oh, let's blame somebody. Who, who, who can we blame over there? Ralph. Uh, it was Ralph. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Grant, <laughs> who's a yeah, no. who, who called the deal of a crepe murder. Yeah. Uh, went back in the archives and found uh, a uh, publication written by Dwight Hall. He's retired. He's a preacher up there now. Hmm. He's, he's been I was going to say, yeah, that's even yeah, before me. He, he found God. <laughs> and, uh, that name's familiar. That's what, yeah, and, I know, I know. That's It's familiar. That's yeah. like, oh, that's way, way. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, he's retired now. But uh, Greg found a, a publication that uh, he had written. And basically his uh, premise was that uh, topping makes the plant bloom better. Yeah. And makes the bloom bigger. Yeah. And... Uh, which has been proven not to be. Yeah, right. By oh, many, okay. many fine quality universities. Research from the University of Florida fly, found that plants that had been topped bloomed six to eight weeks later each well, summer. Oh, wow. 
That that's the most quoted one is the University of Florida. Okay, no. but that was. Let's see how many years. I got here in '89. There there was still a a debate at, when I got here in San Antonio in the nineteen in the early. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that study was done in the early uh, early '90s. Yeah, right. Yeah, from Florida, that's a. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, recently retired, Ed Gilman, from What's the Gilman? University of Florida. Gilman, that's his uh, last name. Ed oh, Gilman. Oh, oh, Ed. Okay. I thought it was a Virgin. Uh, port- oh no, it was a University version. of Florida. Oh, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, when you prune them or remove them, what do it say? Move or remove? Yeah, move or or, or remove. <laughs> remove. You know, we have, way you're we have many of those 125. A variety and selections right here at Milberg's. Is that yeah, right? oh, yeah, like, yeah. And we've signs got signs that tell you how yeah, tall they yeah, get, yeah, right. What color they are, and and uh, another. That's my little plug. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. Another reason uh, for cutting them back says uh, topping gives bigger flower heads that are showier. And Neil agrees that it does. Says yes, it does. But the little branches that bear them are so long and supple, supple, that uh, that yeah. they can't support them. They flop over to the ground, ruining the plant's normal shape. Hmm. So he agrees that it makes the bloom spike. Back then, too, right. there there was there wasn't you know the selection like we have here, Milburgers. There were a lot of nurseries just had the. Three colors, basically all the all the same. Yeah, styles. all these all these versions. Well, came out came from the yeah the research. Yeah, but orange uh, orange used to be the big seller of crepe myrtles back before the hybrids came along. Right, right. Remember, that, remember what? Speaking of the three colors. What were the two colors? Red, white, and no, 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 pink. no. So, yeah, but it was watermelon red. Yeah. And special red. Yeah. Those were the two. Oh, reds. okay. <laughs> and, and then Bachelor's Party Pink. There you go. That's a whole color selection oh. of San Antonio. Hey, hang on to that. I don't want Tony to wait too long. He's on the okay. line. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. What's going on, Tony? Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing? Hey, I'm enjoying your show, guys. Thank you very much Thank for you. answering a lot of questions. We, uh... I've got a, uh, I want to do a cactus garden. I'm sorry? It's a little hard. Al, if you'll bring them up just a little bit. I want to do a cactus garden. Yeah. Why do you want to do a cactus garden? Why not? So I want, (laughs) (laughs) so I have a balcony and I want to put a, uh, a horse trough out there. It's about a metal one, about eight foot long, maybe 10, maybe three foot wide or so. And I guess, you know, two feet deep. So I just want to kind of get a general idea of, of what I have a cactus, but what kind of dirt and uh, I understand the drainage holes, but get your ideas. I think they, they it's got to have good drainage. And I think they make they have a some uh, I know about uh, Gardenville used to have a, a cactus mix. Yeah, yeah. that's the with sand and rocks and stuff. But uh, that would work the best. Yeah, everybody has their own recipe. Right, yeah. And uh, 
But I would I would try to get the cactus mixes uh, that are already prepared for you. Yeah, uh, I think Claude Claude you. Claude, yeah, I'm trying to remember Claude's because mine was similar. <laughs> um, I had decomposed granite. Uh, five, five parts decomposed granite, one part uh, shredded pine bark, uh, potting mix, and then something else, one part like shale or something like what that. What about just a bunch of gravel? Or, or some gravel, <laughs> maybe that's what it is, a bunch of gravel. And, it, uh, and if, you can't, if you can't grow the cactus there, don't be calling us back. Because we can't help you. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, but so so. If it, if it die, if it begins to die, you're overwatering. Yeah. Well, I was going to say there's three things. <laughs> you got to have full sunlight, yeah. good drainage, and limited water. There you go. Okay. Does that help? How high? Yes, sir. And how high from the edge would you? You know, how much lip would you leave in the in the uh, trough or the flower pot? Like three or four inches for, for a foot? For how, how deep is the two feet, did you say? It's, yeah, it's a normal watering trough. Probably, you know, less than three for sure. Probably two, two and a half feet deep. I think four inches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't leave a foot. A foot would look strange. Yeah. You don't want it to splash or... Uh, uh, from you know rain or whatever, it's going to be hitting it. What what cactus okay. did you have you bought or did you just get get a, a pad off of one or something? Well, a neighbor of mine had an estate sale, and she has cactus that are you know three foot, four foot, five foot tall. So I'll probably have about twenty of those. Wow! Oh my goodness! Kinds. Yeah, 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 and. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Was she a uh, was she in the cactus society, or do you know? I don't know. She passed away and had a greenhouse full. I think she was. Oh, okay. She was she, she was in the cactus society. <laughs> <laughs> did did she yeah, have any? Did 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 she yeah. have did she have any endangered cactus in her greenhouse? Um. Well, they became endangered when I inherited them. I'm trying to take care of them. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with your project. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We've got to take a break. And that's what we're, just what we're going to do. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. 210-308-8867 is our phone number. 210-308-8867. More coming up on Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Joe Parsons. <laughs> And uh, we'll be back after this on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. I want to tell you what's going on at Millburgers right now. There's two great things that are happening this month that you need to know about. One is Millburgers Christmas Tree Recycling Program. They do this every year, and it's a way for you to help the environment to go green and to save a little money, too. So take that Christmas tree that you're ready to take down. Take all the ornaments off of it. Take everything off, including the wires, and bring it back to Millburgers. Even if you didn't buy it at Millburgers, Millburgers will recycle it so you'll be able to go green and 
Millburgers will also give you a 20% off coupon to be used on one purchase between now and February 29th. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com, millburgernursery.com. And at millburgernursery.com, you'll learn more about the upcoming Fruit Tree Basics Seminar that David Rodriguez will be putting on. It's going to be teaching you everything you need to know about fruit trees on January 11th from 10 to 11.30 at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bullfordy Road. Was that Lawrence? That's not Lawrence. That's Elvis. Thank you to Sylvia, who called and reminded us that Elvis's birthday is coming up January 8th. Oh, no. Yeah, so she said, why don't y'all play some Elvis? And Al was looked uh, through our system and found uh, they have, they a, have, an appropriate uh, Elvis for a garden show. They have a, brew, a meeting in Memphis, I think, oh. At, at his birthday and his, his, oh, his death, death day. day. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. All right. So, all right. We didn't sing Ramblin' Roast. No. We could look, Al. <laughs> 210-308-8867. All right. Did we finish the uh, crepe murder? No. I hope so. We oh, were, okay. We're back. Uh, one, one thing uh, Neil brought up said... Uh, and and I've I've done this too. People call in and want to remove the seed heads, you know, the seed pods yeah. from a grape myrtle. And uh, he said I used to advise people who wanted to remove the spent seed heads over the winter that they could prune any sm- twig smaller than a pencil in diameter. Uh, that would let them get rid of the seed heads and clean up the plants. It seemed to offer some type of therapeutic uh, relief for those with, obsessed with pruning crab murders. But then <laughs> I watched a neighbor start to do this. He didn't know I was watching. He followed the guidelines for a few branches, but it was obvious he was getting bored because there's a lot of those seed heads on there. Oh. Uh, he figured he could cut lower and remove a bigger part of the branch in one more massive whack and get back to the ball game a whole lot more quickly. Soon his plant was whacked and ruined forever. Hmm. I mean, Neil considered them to be ruined. Uh, they, uh, so you can, he, he recommended you just leave the seed heads on there, the little... Little seed balls. You were, I think, I remember you've talked about that, but you also talked about the Vitex. Was that where you were? Yeah, yeah. Removing the seed heads. Yeah, where uh, 
Yeah, uh, during the bloom season. During yeah, the to get a second. You better be careful book. because next you'll be targeted by Neil and Greg for <laughs> yeah. uh, going after the Vitex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's a, another exotic plant. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we reckon Vitex murder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they thought they were doing good, no, but they right. didn't. They've been <laughs> murdering the Vitex. Yeah. Speaking of of Greg, he got uh, I got a notification the other day that uh, he writes for the paper up there in Tyler. Yeah, and uh, the pa- the newspaper did a uh, uh, survey on the most read articles, and Greg won it had hands down. Wow! So people were reading, and the and the most uh, read article that he did. Was Kramer? Ah, you know, I think that's. I think gardening articles quite often are. Yeah, that, they are. That status, yeah. Because yeah, folks enjoy it, even if they don't. Even if they aren't active gardeners, they uh, enjoy gardening and think about the gardening they're going to do when they have more time, or when they retire, and uh, so it's a it's a topic that does attract a lot of uh, readers. Yeah, uh, and then and then to finish it off, uh, what do you do to a plant that's been butchered? This comes back to my chainsaw deal. Uh, uh, and basically, he recommends uh, cut them to the ground and re- re- reestablish them. Well, because that, they're on their own root system, well, so uh, they'll come back true. That was uh, that was shown to us during the, those big freezes, yeah, 89. Yeah, yeah. Where big all those uh, oh what what is the largest Tuscarora? No, oh, well, oh. Tusc- yeah, Tuscarora was a mount, but the, even even the those, those very largest ones you oh the Basham Barty Barty Pink? Pink even they died all the way down and cut them off. It was it, heck they bloomed that same year yeah. basically, hmm. they, and then in two years they were back up to where they were full size. You know who discovered Basham Barty Pink? Uh, Basham. <laughs> where? Out of where? Uh, to Houston. Uh, oh. He was out of Houston, and Lynn Lowry uh, discovered that. Oh. Or, or, or popularized it. And, which, and that's the mother of all the uh, crepe myrtle at the uh, uh, National Arboretum. Hmm. But uh, so it all comes from Texas, Milton. Yeah. <laughs> well, but where are the where's the crepe myrtle native? I have it's no been, idea. It's been so manipulated that it's hard to. It's, it's not in the U.S. I don't. Uh, think. I wouldn't think so. No. Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> what would we do without Dennis? No, it's I don't true. Know. He does a great job for us. Anyway, uh, as we talk, we we. We were talking about uh, we talked about spinach quite a bit yesterday, and they still got uh, an abundance of spinach, mm-hmm. which you can come out and buy the plants, get a salad off of them, and then plant the plants and have more spinach. So uh, <laughs> they're the biggest spinach transplants I've ever seen available for sale. Huh. China. And and they are uh, they are a hybrid uh, uh, selection, 
so they're disease resistant. My computer, my uh, phone, phone reports. Crepe myrtle is native to China and Korea. Oh my goodness! But has been so embraced by Southerners and has become a dominant landscape plant throughout the South. Yeah. Okay. They don't they call it the the lilac of the of the South? I don't know. I think I've heard it called lilac of the ah. South. Doesn't but it's not fragrant. Yeah. But uh, what do we call we? Uh, of course, we identified uh, Phoenix flocks have the fragrance. Yeah. And then our te- Texas lilac. Vitex. Vitex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greg Gratz uh, had at one time worked on uh, developing a, a lilac for t- uh, Texas. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple selections. I can't even remember that... Uh, Seem to be able to survive, but of course they don't. They don't yeah. do much of a show. Small blooms. Yeah. Uh, I think Paul Cox had. Speaking of Paul Cox, uh, had some at the botanical garden at one time, but they eventually die out for some reason. But anyway, we have the uh, spinach, and uh, I, I think I'm going to leave the, uh, the leave leave the. Uh, Information on uh, the Texas Blue Bonnet flag mm-hmm. on plantanswers.com uh, because I want to stimulate people to uh, plant red, white, and blue blue bonnets. Still got time to do it. It's perfect weather for it. And uh, it makes some designs, and I'd like to come out and take some pictures of your designs when they bloom. Cool. Now, the important thing, remember, this is the first time in history that red, white, and blue have been together, right. sold together. And uh, Millburger's got a, Millburger got the world supply, I think. I think Millburger's about the only nursery that has them. But uh, uh, if, you do, if you do a design, remember... You're going to have to wait till they start blooming. Wait, wait till you see the king bloom. I uh, say among the white in your white section and pull out all the blues. There may be some blues. There, were, there will be some blues pop up uh, in the whites. This is if you want to. Make, and, the, uh, and the reds. It will result in a more distinctive. Yeah. Uh, don't, De- decoration. Yeah. yeah, don't do like John Thomas. Uh, he he would we'd plant designs up there for him, and then uh, go up there to <laughs> to Rogum, Doctor Larry Stein, and I would try to find a day that uh, John was not on the premises, <laughs> and we would go up and pull the off colors out of the the whites, and and the the, the different colors. Uh, it it kind of irritated the uh, the, uh, the staff there at uh, Wild Seed Farm in Fredericksburg because as we were pulling out the roads, the people that were touring the uh, facility would be picking up the culls. Oh, and walking through 
<laughs> Oops. The shop with uh, blue bonnet. Uh, free big blue plants of blue bonnet. Well, I should have been any different there. Your, <laughs> your uh, volunteer crews the volunteers do the same thing. Volunteers do the same thing. So, uh, there, I, but you got to be willing to do that if you want to keep your design yeah, pure. It was kind of funny, Milton, because there'd be little, little piles in the field. There were there were <laughs> each of the volunteers that kind of put their plants. Or yeah, if right. they were too far away from their vehicles, <laughs> put them in there. Oh, okay. And then they, when they headed out, they'd get their their selections. <laughs> yeah, people don't like to uh, pull up blue bonds. Well, they don't like. Pull up anything that's attractive and <laughs> desirable. Well, they they got to think about cross pollination. Yeah, you that's know, right. Yeah, prevent that. I'm sure they do. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, thinning out uh, peaches. Uh, yeah. Right. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to take a quick break. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We're going to be back in a moment. Uh, give us a call and be a part of the show at 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. I want to tell you what's going on at Millburgers right now. There's two great things that are happening this month that you need to know about. One is Millburgers Christmas Tree Recycling Program. They do this every year, and it's a way for you to help the environment to go green and to save a little money, too. So take that Christmas tree that you were ready to take down. Take all the ornaments off of it. Take everything off, including the wires, and bring it back to Millburgers. Even if you didn't buy it at Millburgers, Millburgers will recycle it so you'll be able to go green. And Millburgers will also give you a 20% off coupon to be used on one purchase between now and February. 29th. For more information, go to millburgernursery.com, millburgernursery.com. And at millburgernursery.com, you'll learn more about the upcoming Fruit Tree Basics Seminar that David Rodriguez will be putting on. That's going to be teaching you everything you need to know about fruit trees on January 11th from 10 to 1130 at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and... Love is a rose, but you better not pick it. It only grows when it's on the vine. Handful of thorns, and you know you've missed it. Lose your love when you say the word mine. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210. That wasn't Elvis. That was not. That was Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> so we'll do some more Elvis next week, too. Okay. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll free. It's 866-308-8867. Yeah, uh, Forrest Appleton sent us some... Uh uh, questions and answers that he'd gotten off of uh, Plant Answers. Oh, good. 
What are and, people asking? And uh, one, one question he got was, my daughter would like to plant a pomegranate tree. When is the right time to plant them in our area? And uh, <coughs> uh, Milberger will have, uh, at least in the past, they've had uh, several varieties of pomegranate. Yeah, I imagine they still sell. And now that that'll be, uh, you want to plant those in uh, in February. Oh, okay. Oh, whenever they go, whenever yeah. you get the tree. Early, uh, far as answers, uh, early spring would be appro- the appropriate time to plant pomegranate. Most of the nurseries have them at that time. Right. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, how does uh, Vitex handle frost? And uh, it, it, it handles frost. It's, it's a deciduous plant. So it loses its leaves in the, in the winter, and uh, I uh, I I was wondering about this uh, for tenis, Vitex for Tennessee. I'd never had seen a a Vitex tree in or a bush in in Tennessee. So it's not invasive in uh, Nashville. No, huh? no, no. And so I took uh, I took some up there. Uh, Vitex in there about uh, oh, five years ago, and they've been through some pretty cold winters and uh, didn't freeze back. Now, they have gotten over the house, over the roof, uh, uh, and we've had to cut them, cut them back. Do people ever wonder what, what in the world are, are they? I mean, there's not a lot of Vitex up there, are No, there? Uh, not, uh, they're not commercially... No. Uh, I, I asked, uh, when I got to thinking about it, I asked uh, Dr. Sam McFadden, who since passed away, had he ever seen a, a Vitex in Tennessee? And he said no. And so I naturally assumed the ones I planted were going to freeze. They haven't. Hmm. Now, I'm, I'm using the new varieties that... Uh, well, Ben, that, that's kind of your... Uh Lace waste to part of your adage about uh, if you don't see a plant growing in your <laughs> well, area. That's, that's true. Yeah, that, that it's probably been tried and it just hasn't been successful. Yeah, that's. that's you can't totally always easy. count on that. Yeah. Uh, as far as answers, uh, the chase tree uh, will do fine here in San Antonio. It is deciduous, so it loses its leaves each winter. Uh, even if you have severe winter, it would be root hardy. That's what I thought it would do: is free back to the ground. But I have to cut that, stu- cut those stupid things back every mm-hmm. every year when I go up there to prune. Yeah, they're relatively short lived. Well, I mean, uh, like twenty five, thirty years. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, all my bird feeders centered on. An old one, and I'm noticing, the, especially these last couple of years, Is that all right? the branches declining, are, huh? Uh, yeah, d- dying. You haven't pruned it back, though, have you? I I've pruned it. No, I've pr- pruned it to fit the uh, area. Yeah, the area, but that it has been more for uh, aesthetics than it has for the good of the tree. You know? And it's how? Well, it's is uh, at least thirty years old. Okay. So it's it's the has the small blooms, yeah. smaller blooms yeah. than the new hybrids do. 
Uh, that that that's a Texas superstar, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, how cold <laughs> a climate can the Golden Dwarf Duranta take? Will they freeze? If they freeze, do they come back in the spring? Do I have to cover them in 35-degree weather? Golden Dwarf Duranta. Yeah. Uh, that's just Duranta yeah. that we sell here. I, I, I bet, well, I found that Duranta is less sensitive to cold than uh, Esperanza or Poinc- yes. Poinciana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In my yard, yeah. As far as answers, this plant will be fine here. As long as it is above freezing, the plant will be evergreen. A frost or light freeze would defoliate it. A hard freeze would kill it to the ground. But its roots will survive, and it will come back. Yeah. Duranta. Named after Jimmy Duranta. It's in that same league, but I I think people will find that it's uh, less cold sensitive. Well, of course, firebush... Rarely no. makes through the winter. Yeah, uh, and uh, it goes down after the first freeze. First, yeah. and Durant- Thoralis is is a little more cold tolerant than Esperanza or Poinciana. Yeah, and uh, that those two are in the same league, I think, Duranta and Thoralis. But firebush, you don't want to prune it back until uh, till the canes get or till the stems get brittle. Then you can just stomp them down. Or drive over them. Drive over them. Like somebody yep. I know. <laughs> Pick up get, truck gardening. They get brittle. And uh, we prune, uh, last year we didn't prune our firebush there at the greenhouse back to the ground. We just ride it, we just didn't take the time to do it. And uh, the the uh, it, it sprouted from the ground, uh, uh, from the root system. But uh, it had all that de- all those dead stems in there, so this year we'll cut it back to the ground, and ma- it, it it's beautiful when you when you do that. Uh, we did this. Uh, I think when we were first uh, testing Duranta for cold heartedness, uh, we had it at uh, again Forest Appleton's front yard to see if the deer would eat it, and uh, the. Forrest did them in two different ways. He he cut one to the ground, cut some to the ground, and he then he left the uh, tops on 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 some others, and uh, let them leaf out. Uh, what had ha- the uh, ones with the top left on leafed out probably at first, but the ones that were cut to the ground came up. Vigorous and uh, made a prettier plant huh. than than just leaving the tops. So. Which one was that again? Duranta. Oh, okay. Um, you know, we uh, we were talking about firebush. Uh, I wanted to see too, Milton. Maybe next weekend we can do this. See if we uh, in my neighborhood we've got uh, some Rufus hummingbirds have set have settled in. So. I suspect there's a lot of them around town. Yeah. That, oh, okay. Feeder, yeah. <laughs> People got feeders out. If you, you probably if you're you're seeing hummingbirds still there, they're probably Rufus hummingbirds. Yeah. yeah. Look for look for that color, that Rufus color in there. I was, 
they've got firebush for sale out here. I don't know if they covered them or not, but they, they're over there pretty uh, on the other side of the uh, uh, butter, butterfly garden. And uh, they still got foliage. Huh. Uh, they, they must have been protected under that tree. It's a little bit like the tropical yeah, milkweed. Yeah, tropical milkweed is still holding that bloom. I mean, if it, uh, those in your landscape are, or if it's the same as my landscape, <laughs> most of them are defoliated. And another question is, for some reason, my Alma fig started to put on figs now. Hmm. <laughs> Will they mature? Will it affect the new figs that come on later for harvest in July? Uh, that's uh, the, the figs down here especially uh in a warm fall fall or uh, and, and a lot of rain will put on little green figs but they'll never mature and uh like i said i feel bad about it. we we sell uh, sell uh, the uh a lemon fig at our uh, sales and uh, I always feel bad because people always buy the one with the fruit figs on it. I think they think they're going to get a ripe fig. Out of it. I don't know. Maybe. But it's... we take their money and don't yeah. don't mention it to them. Uh, can corn gluten meal be applied to any type of grass? Is it too late now? Depends on what you want to do. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I take it for granted they're talking about uh, weed control. Yeah. But. Uh, it, right. <laughs> gracious. Wow. The cedar's killing me, Milton. <laughs> killing me. There are people driving off the road now. Yeah. <laughs> Corn uh. gluten meal may be applied, and, and Farsi is very, a very Christian uh, answer here. Okay. Corn gluten meal may be applied to any turf grass as a pre-emergent herbicide and slow-release fertilizer. Wasn't that nice of him to say yes. that? However. However. <laughs> now is not the time for either. It is more effective as a pre-emergent when applied in the early spring for a few days. An early fall before the weed seed for those respective periods germinate. So timing's the key. Yeah, it very it's very much the key, and it doesn't last. Corn gluten doesn't doesn't sustain itself. So you, if you put it out early, <laughs> and the weed seeds germinate late, uh, then. Uh, the corn gluten's no longer effective, but I, I like I said, I used to ask Malcolm Beck about that all the time. And uh, the three times I asked him, he said the same thing. He said, "Well, it's a good fertilizer." No, <laughs> I said no, Malcolm. That's not what I asked. All right. 210-308-8867. Board just about out of time. I want to remind you that uh, I didn't even realize that uh, next Saturday here is January 11th. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So Look, David, Davey's coming. David Rodriguez will be here next Saturday from 10 to 1130, and he'll be speaking on the topic, 
fruit, fruit tree trees. basics. There you uh, go. And uh, so we'll have more fruit trees. And I think what Trey said was we'd have a, 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 more than a majority of them in at the time. But uh, they, have, they have pomegranates, olive trees, blueberries, raspberries, Japanese persimmon, blackberries, and more. And uh, David is going to speak on uh, selection and answer questions. So bring a notebook and lots of questions, and Dave will handle handle that for you. Uh, he, uh, if it grows, he knows, and uh, he'll just tell you. <laughs> he'll tell you about it. So and it'd be a preview for the uh, fruit seminar yeah. they're going to have. All right, so that's about it for us today. Don't forget to bring your uh, trees to Mill Burgers, too, your Christmas trees, uh, for recycling and get that 20% off coupon. Uh, that's You need to bring them in, I think, before the 14th, uh, but go to millburgernursery.com to check. Millburgernursery.com. All right, we'll say goodbye for today, but thanks to Al back at the station, doing a great job getting all the calls on the air and finding music that we just didn't even know existed. <laughs> uh, fake, the, that fake Bing Crosby. It was Perry Como. I'm glad he found Laura Twill. There you go. All right, we'll say goodbye for today. See you next Saturday on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. I'm Milton Glick on behalf of Dr. Parsons and Dr. Finch. See you next week on The Answer.